In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the Internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. Good morning, everyone. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Joining me by phone is Paul Gillis, who is an attorney at law, and he's been the moderator for many years in my town of Berlin. And since we have two weeks before town meeting, or a week and a half, I guess, um, I wanted him to come on and talk about that job. So, Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks, Pat. It was fun. Thank you. This is so cool. Um, And I pronounced your name right. Can you – I have to say, I did. It was Gillis, correct? That is correct. (laughs) I have pronounced Paul's name wrong for however long we've known each other, but I figured it out. Anyway, um, we who live in Berlin know how fortunate we are to have Mr. Gillis as a resident of Berlin. He has helped us out when I was on the select board and, I mean, just over the years for many, many projects. The one that comes to mind is when the state asked us to review the old roads we have in town. And, Paul, what is the word we were supposed to give them up, turn them over? There's a word, but I don't know what it is, that how we would turn over our old roads. Discontinue, I guess. Discontinue. Discontinue. That sounds like a better – that's a better one. Um, Anyway, um, Paul helped us with that and – you have how long have you been our town moderator? Oh, since uh, since March of two thousand and one. There you go. Twenty four years. That's well, good well, for you. Year. Thank you for your service. Are you going to be there again this town meeting? I hope. Yes. Okay. Good. I always start town meeting with a yes. plea for someone to think about. <laughs> Listen, when you do something as good as you do, you're stuck with it for as long as you can show up. Now, before you, I think I had one or two with Ruth Town, correct? Correct. Yeah. Before and, Ruth was her husband, uh, Rod. Oh, ah, oh my, it's in the family, and her son is in the chair of our select board. That's so cool. Um, so just back to the old roads a minute. You are, I read, fascinated by old roads and boundary lines and rights of way and, and everything that goes along with that. You want to just talk a little bit about why the fascination for those roads? Well, it, you can't be a Vermonter and not like an old road. <laughs> Uh-oh. I was, uh, I guess I, the first thing that happened was I was waiting uh, for a a kid's party to be over a couple of people standing around on the road and this fellow points over to a area that doesn't look like a road and he says you know that's that's a road that's a town road uh, but it hasn't been thrown up on paper yet and uh, that was the that's such a poetic thing i just immediately started inter- getting interested in it and then uh, the a phenomenon uh Towns in some very hot spots in Vermont, like the town of Chittenden and the town of Barnard, uh, started having conflicts with uh, discovering old roads and 
Noah was finding that they ran through someone's home. <laughs> so there were some lawsuits, and then there was a state law that said, look, this is getting to be too much. There was a conflict between people that used trails for snowmobiles, and there were there's some adventurers in Vermont who like to go roaring over the mountains with their four-wheel drive vehicles with, uh, uh, you know, with the uh, abandoned. <laughs> and <laughs> right. uh, so they, they said the town, they put a little money on the table. I think it was $5,000 per town. Everybody was given five or six years. And uh, July 1st, 2015, all roads that uh, hadn't been found and uh, were not uh, clearly observable on the ground were declared discontinued by operation of law. Huh. And since then, there's been even more lawsuits. So, Really? Oh, I have to go check uh, that out. Well, That's... people, uh, you know, it's, it's, it comes in several forms. I don't want those people driving in my driveway. Well, too bad. It's the town road. Or... Uh, I'd like to go through there, but the guy won't let me through, and it's on the map. And uh, access is everything. And there's right. a lot of Vermont that's not developed, but that may, in time, depending on regulations and things, be available if these uh, old roads can be found. That is so cool. Did Berlin have anything really unusual when you were doing um, your work on this? Well, that's not the best example. Oh, uh, boring, I, huh? <laughs> I, vol- I volunteered to do the road, so I I took a copy of all the road records and I organized them and I found the source of all the roads and I found about five or six roads that were not that had been laid out, but they weren't in, on the map. And uh, I remember going to the select board. I don't think you were on the board at the time. I had been on the board previously, right? And uh, I said, uh, well, I'm ready for the report. You know, we probably ought to take these steps. And the board said, what are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, I said, well, you know, this is something we're doing. And I, I don't think we took any of the money. For, I didn't get any money for it. And, uh, the, and the board said, what's, what's the risk here? I said, well, some towns have had some lawsuits. Immediately someone moved to table the whole thing and. I think my records are still over in the town. Oh, my word. Shame on us. But, uh, it yeah. I, it so must it, have taken no, you a long time. Well, that's their choice. Yeah, know. I know, but goodness. You know, <laughs> I have to go check on that. Um, anyway, um, I also read where you, and I, I've read one of these, so you've written quite a few books in your time. And um, one of them that, uh, of course, I'm particularly interested in and read, it's uh, it's called A Place to Pass Through, and that's a story of Berlin. Uh, and then you also, I like this one, You there was a book entitled The Book of Opinions that you wrote with somebody we all know, with James H. Douglas, former governor. And you also wrote a couple of books um, on statehood and the Constitution with one of my favorite Vermonters, Greg Sanford. Uh, who used to be in charge of all of our records at state government, an amazing mountain of a man. So um, what was your favorite book, Paul, that you wrote? <laughs> oh, I don't know. As soon as they're done, I forget them. <laughs> no, I know, but we don't. We know we're out there. I, 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 since, since I've retired, I've continued to write things that are could be books, but 
haven't been into the publishing business lately. Oh, you should because you are an, an outstanding writer, and the the story about Berlin is really a, a wonderful, easy to read book, which um, which is also helpful to me. I know you also wrote one other book, which is why you're here today. You had um, a lot to do with a book that's published by the Secretary of State's office called A Handbook for Vermont Moderators, and 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 I love this at the introduction to the handbook. It says, and I'll quote, uh, before there were select boards, clerks, or treasurers in Vermont, even before there were established towns, there were moderators. And I, I found a, a history here. Paul, uh, can you talk a little bit about the history of the town moderator here in Vermont? Yeah, that's a, first of all, the, the people, the men and women who get to be moderators are some of the most fascinating Vermonters you could ever meet, partly because they have a moderating personality. They they are used to being uh, leaders at a town meeting, but they're also sensitive enough to know when someone should be given a little more time or someone should be slowly advanced to cut off. (laughs) And and, uh, these are skills that uh, are... Many people have them, and there are some. And towns tend to pick people that can do that without becoming um, in personalities themselves at the meeting. Uh, anyway, we, we had moderators before we had uh, organized towns, because in some of the early charters, the moderator was actually named. And uh, you couldn't really start a town until you had an election, and the first person to speak is the moderator. At that point, a pro tem, but then being elected, and you you guide the town. You don't in, impose your will. You just guide the town to. I always say at the beginning, my job here is to help you decide and do things the way you want them to be done, and so. Sometimes you have to say, wait, 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 slow down. Uh, You have to explain what's happening. You have to explain the consequences of a vote. So, uh, you know, if you vote I, it means this and no, no, that, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's been there forever. We've had uh, a moderator in our town and every town in Vermont since they were first chartered in some cases, in other cases when they were first organized, which is for our for our sake it's seventeen ninety one. Nice. And I know Robert they didn't have many rules I read, so it was kind of up to the moderator to keep things going until nineteen eighty two they made Robert's rules of order be the basic rules for town meeting, which I'm sure has helped a little bit. Um, just to have something to refer to and, and say, cause I remember, Paul, I don't know when this was, but <clears throat> there was something hot on the floor when we actually used to have town meetings. Well, we'll get to talk about that in a minute. And there were more amendments of the amendment of the amendment and how you kept that straight is truly, I'm serious, way beyond me. Cause I had no idea at one point what we were voting for and you had to stop and explain well we had this amendment and that amendment and then this amendment amended that it was ridiculous <laughs> and honestly i remember it to this day i was like how does he do that um and that's a skill well, the secret the it, secret is you can only only have two amendments on the floor at a time so 
people were trying to jump in and what were we trying to decide? I can't remember, but it was one of those every once in a while, every couple of years, there's a hot issue. And that, that was, was the I hot issue. The, the, there was a strong effort in the, in the early years to change the 8% penalty for late taxes uh, because it was accused of being a tax on the poor. Yeah, right. Regressive, and right? An attempt to make it 1%. And then others would jump up and say, well, then who would ever bother to pay their taxes? And then we'd go to 6% and then 5 <laughs> and then And in the end, we stayed with... Eight percent. Huh. That may have been it because taxes will get people a little riled up, which may be an issue for you this year. Just saying. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I know. Um, it's quite. Uh, it's it's everywhere. Everybody's talking about the twenty twenty two point five or twenty two point six percent property tax increase. That ought to get everybody wide awake. Um, but anyway. Um, and then you wrote the moderator's handbook. I think um, uh, who was the Secretary of State at the time? Um, Jim Douglas. Oh, it was of course Jim Douglas. And um, and and that book is is goes on for pages. It's a lot to to um, to remember. Um, and how how does that? I mean, when when you decide you want to become a moderator. Um, You've got to do some homework. You just can't raise your hand and say, I want to do this. You really know, have to know what you're doing. Is there a training program or or some requirements well, for you? There have been over the years. Uh, during the Douglas administration, we started annual moderators workshops. Huh. We do half a dozen at, across the state every February. And it and uh, I think the VLCT picked it up after a while. I don't know if they're doing it anymore. Maybe the COVID killed it. But huh. they were always uh, we'd take uh, videotapes of people in a bad way, <laughs> moderators in trouble, and show them to others and say, "How would you solve this?" And uh, we would pose uh, questions to illustrate the basic principles. Some of which are rather. Mysterious, like the issue of germaneness. People oh, are always right. worried about that. That's like that's where classic example. Somebody warns an article to buy a uh, particular truck with a particular set of details, and then after discussion, the body feels that it's not. They, they just want to let the select board decide what truck they need. So they try to amend it to allow the select board to buy a big truck. Hmm. And in the days when people went to the Supreme Court for smaller things, that ended up there. And the Supreme Court said that was an invalid amendment because it wasn't germane, because it went from a very specific place to a huh. very general place, whereas – Flip it. If it was the motion was to buy a big truck, you could amend it to say that you wanted a interesting Ford three fifty or whatever it is that you were saying. I I would have just stuck with the word truck. You're changing one definition of a truck to another, but isn't that fascinating? You know, sometimes people would say they want to rate to appropriate money from the taxes to pay something, and then. The amendment would be, uh, let's borrow it instead. Invalid. Huh. The method of which you're raising money has changed, and that's 
not been warned and the warning oh. is so central to the whole process of yeah. the meeting. That, that makes sense. That explanation, that makes the truck one I'm not so sure of. So how do you prepare? I just got a hold of our, uh, I've got it with me, the warning notice. Um, cause you're elected all the way through to the pre-town meeting, correct? They don't vote you in there cause that's, you're, you're a town room moderator for a year, correct? So the next day we vote you in as town moderator for the following year for both the town and the school, correct? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure whether after I've been elected, I'm now moderator for the 2024 or whether I'm holding over from before only because there was a time when during COVID they didn't have town meeting and they put all the candidates on the ballot. And in the ballot case, you're, you, you serve until the next person is sworn. Oh. But anyway, it's, it's neither. It's not important. Well, it's the kind of detail that yeah. we who's who's going to challenge you? Not me, because I don't want that job. What are the actual duties of the moderator? We've talked about on town meeting it, itself, but do you review the the um, ballot, the warning, make sure that they're written correctly, that they're uh, that they'll hold up in a court of law? Um, well, and, uh, you have to be careful because really can't be a lawyer and a moderator at the same time. Ah. Awkward. So it used to be we'd get the town attorney there, and then I'd always turn around and go, what do you say, counselor? But he hasn't been around lately. So Really? I, I Once in a while, I'll just say, all right, all right. <laughs> so, okay, so you don't. It's not really the job of the moderator. Interesting. I don't know why I thought that you would have looked at it and, and just said, yep, looks, looks good to me, but you're right. You're oh, not, no, well, I, you are an attorney, but we're, that's not the job. Well, they sent me the, the, uh, or the town clerk, uh, sent me a copy of the warning. And yeah. Just to get me up. And I, you know, you talk about preparation. I, I probably do less preparation now than I did before, but. Well, it's probably a story that I, that I think, if you got a few minutes. Yes, please. Perfectly illustrates the situation of becoming a moderator. I was first elected when Ruth Town chose not to run again in March of 2001, and I stumbled up to the podium and got through it all right. Although was, I think that might have been one of those meetings where everybody was pummeling. <laughs> anyway, the first real meeting that I was prepared for was in the fall. Harry's the department store had just been sold, and we had a ton of money, and the meeting was to decide what to do with that money. And it, the meeting was held at the library uh, of the school. Right. And I was a little nervous, but, you know, I was ready. And uh, so the first thing you do is you, you give the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. And then, of course, no one could find the flag. Finally, we found it behind a cabinet somewhere. And we turned to the flag, and I put my hand over my heart, and I forgot <laughs> what the pledge was. I remember, <laughs> we the people of the United States, you know, all these, uh, you know, four score seven years ago. Yeah, right. And I, I just, I just panicked. I mean, it was really a panic thing, and I started with flop sweat, and everybody was around there nervous and. Finally, it came to me, you know, I pledge. And so we all took off and finished it. That's funny. And the meeting went 
as expected, rather roughly, with a lot of people with different ideas. And, and eventually we got through it. And that was done. I was just exhausted. And then an old gentleman came up and he shook my hand with both of his hands. And he said, you're a genius. And I said, uh, what? <laughs> he said, you have to realize this was about two weeks after 9-11. So we were all still in shock. Uh... He said, the way you combined the moment of silence and the pledge was an act of genius. Interesting. See? And, of course, I said, thank you. <laughs> Take full credit when you can. That's my motto. That's Isn't that funny? I, I go blank because I blame it on my age these days. I just go blank. I mean, just blank. I, so I understand the feeling, and it's a, one of, oh, my God, now what? Um, but how – that's wonderful. What timing? What – that's really – I wonder who that gentleman was. Thank Thank you to him. It sounds like a Norm Norm Robertson uh, Robins, Robinson um, moment, but anyway, um, we have some wonderful people in our town. I must say, I do love them, um, and I'm back working at the town, believe it or not, on the economic development committee because I can't get enough of it. There's something wrong with me. Good I know for you. it is. Good for us. Yes, exactly. So I was reading where sometimes it's appropriate to appoint a parliamentarian in town meetings, and I was hoping you could explain that a what does the parliamentarian do, and under what circumstances would you appoint one? I was a parliamentarian for a few years before I got to be um, moderator. Huh. And the job was to sit up on the stage or, you know, on the table <clears throat> next to the moderator and where the moderator needed some assistance, like uh, the things you have to know, which which motions pass, if it's a majority or two-thirds, or which motions are debatable and which aren't. So we were just talking about having a parliament, it's hard to say, parliamentarian. Um, and so do you have one every year ready to go, Paul? No, I haven't been able to persuade anyone. I really <laughs> did. I probably didn't need one or I was too proud to put one there. But, you know, it doesn't mean it, it's. Just in case people were thinking about being a moderator, it's not a terribly complicated thing. It's There's some very basic rules you have to know. And then uh, the meeting has a kind of rhythm to itself. It takes it, – it, it, it often works out well by itself. You, you, the, the ideal moderating uh, moment is when it – works all by itself and you don't right. have to interfere except to call the question. There you go. So I was looking at our ballot. There are many articles that will be voted Australian ballot. We'll talk about that a minute and how that's changed town meeting. And then there are, let's see, one, two, three, five articles that will be voted for on the floor. Um, one of which people will find interesting. It's whether the town of Berlin shall call upon the United States Postal Service to establish a post office and zip code within the town. I will bet that will pass with flying colors. We have been trying to get Berlin a post office. Well, I was on the <laughs> – I got interviewed by Seven Days the other day, and I said the name of the committee was Get Berlin a Post Office. That was the name of the committee, just in case anybody had any questions. Um because we all we either have to say we live in Bur in Barry, Montpelier, or Northfield, and it's very annoying. Um, 
And we just would like to all say we live in Berlin, right? I mean, you must, where do you, oh, where you live, are you Northfield? You must be Northfield. No, I'm Montpelier. You which are? Which is not oh. Montpelier, but actually Berlin now, since we have a, we the post office is, is actually here right now at the, at the mall, I think. Yeah, but it's in, it's a, 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 a can we all use Berlin? No, but it's, uh. at least it gives us some satisfaction yes it gives us a start because i i was telling seven days that um um we we used to have a brochure about a uh, berlin uh that uh was done by a resident who's an amazing uh, graphic artist and and it said all roads lead to berlin because when you're up on the plateau area every road can get you somewhere to northfield to to barry to montpelier to the interstate i mean it's a direct shot so it's a great place to you don't have to go downtown and get stuck in traffic. You just zip right up. And um, I would love to. We used to do hyphen Berlin on my street address, and I got yelled at for doing that, so I can't do that. But someday we'll be able to say Berlin, Vermont. I would like that and our own zip code. That'd be cool. Anyway, um, so when we talked i've already have i have a little note about being germane and that's that's kind of um common sense sort of approach to thing is it not there's no there can't be too many rules about what if something's germane or not i don't know i've always thought that was the hardest question you could face when people were being creative ah oh, but you've met, you must have been successful at addressing it because i must say that one that one that you said went to the supreme court about the truck that one that one I would not have agreed with and would have probably been very vocal about it. <clears throat> and it, all just, it just goes back to the central role of the um, warning. And the warning is controlled, ex- with some very few exceptions, by the select board. Uh-huh. And then at the end, probably the most popular article or warned article that we have is other business – and that's where the heart of the town comes out. That's where people talk from their hearts and explain how they feel about things. That's they they wish this wasn't the case. They, you know, it's it's. Right. The, I think the essence of town meeting, for what we've got to do, uh, since the budgets by Australian ballot and most right. of the other questions, with the exception, as you say, of the of a public question like the post office, that that's what town meeting is for, yeah. and. Uh, we used to spend when we had to vote every one of those twenty-eight special appropriations. We would be at town meeting all afternoon. Right. Oh, I loved it. Yep. Now we're lucky to get to lunch. Well, and with it's the pre-town meeting. And it's the same. May I say the same fifty people? And I'm, I don't know if that's the right number, but that go to the pre-town meeting and town meeting. It's the same group. Of, of folks and thank goodness for them because we used to have um, the school would go one year first and then the town in the afternoon and then they'd flip it the next year and the fire department always made this magnificent lunch and it was a great way to to stay in touch sometimes you wouldn't see people except at town meeting and I love town meeting day I loved it and I must say as as much as the benefit of doing an Australian ballot, which gets more people involved, I don't know how much they know about it to make good good decisions about voting, like the uh, the one percent local option tax. Um, 
don't know how that's going to go because people won't have the opportunity to, unless they come to pre-town meeting, to really understand what the impact is and, uh, and whether it's a good idea or not for the town. And also, um, I don't know where the, the selling of the, uh, acreage, I think, is that on the, um, no, I think that's on Australian balance. Oh, that is? Oh, wow. Um, so that, and that's another, yeah, there it is, it's Article 4. Um, we've got property we want to sell. Of course, the tag of a million bucks, that perked me right up. Um, but there are, there are things that should be discussed and people should know what it is they're voting on, which is always a problem for voting. And you can't allow, I mean, I don't know what that is. If you're not a member, if you're not a resident of town, you can't speak, correct, or or vote. Well, it's something that you do as a formality. I mean, at the beginning of the meeting, I'll say uh, people who are not on the checklist, raise your hand, or I'll just maybe I won't even do that. Let's say people. Does anyone here object if oh. when someone stands to speak and they turn out to be a resident of another town that we should say no to them, or and, and then you use what the moderator's best tool is, which is you say, uh, any objections? You know, yeah. does anyone object? Right. And when there is no objection, that constitutes unanimous consent. Right. And so you can get yourself out of some corners doing that. I remember a couple of years ago. Uh, you stood up under other business and wanted to talk about an article that was on the warning. And oh. that would have been a violation of Robert's rules. For sure. But, of course, I said, well, does anybody object? And nobody did, so you got to talk. So huh. it's, there's a certain fluidity there. Shame <laughs> on me. I'm sorry about that. I no, guess no, no, no. I, I, no. I was feeling badly that I may have embarrassed you. Oh, you, don't – not me. <laughs> Never worry about that. Um but I should have known better, but it was probably something was driving me crazy during the whole meeting, and I didn't get a chance to say it. So thank you for allowing me to speak. Um, I know uh, I know the issue of which you are talking. Um, anyway, um, so we have pre-town meeting. I think most towns have pre-town meeting, um, and ours you is to, ours you have is to have a requirement of law. Ah. That's a good thing. I'm glad to hear that. This year we're holding it on Saturday before the Tuesday vote, and it's being held uh, at 10 in the morning, I believe. And we can do a lot of things at pre-town meeting that you can't do on the floor on actual town meeting, correct? I mean, you can, you really can have discussions about what does this mean, what does that mean, um, at, which is why I like to go to pre-town meeting. I mean, usually uh, the town clerk's been good in the last couple of years, or even before that, to get people who represent the various organizations that are seeking town money to speak. Right. And I think it really makes a big difference. I, I was kind of unfortunate last time we had a pre-town meeting, and it was – I think in that case it was scheduled the night before town meeting and the uh, local crew came to uh, record it, but it wasn't live. So if you wanted to learn about what the vote was, you could watch it the next day 
after the voting. Oh, excellent. That was well-timed. Huh. But that's, you know, that's not, yeah. I hope I'm not being critical. It's just one of those things you noticed. Well, because you don't have much time before, unless you vote later on in the day, but there's probably nobody at the, at the town offices anyway, because they're all over at the school. So, um, we're going to have to take. Well, no, they, they, I, well, I don't know. They, they've been voting at the town office, but. No, I think this one says, um, at the elementary school, I believe. Oh, okay. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, but. I hope that because the town offices are too small to have an actual meeting. So anyway, good thing we had that discussion, Paul. People in Berlin have to listen. I just actually read the warning, and here's what it says. There's a pre-town meeting to discuss all articles to be voted by Australian ballot at 10 o'clock um, at the elementary school to be followed immediately by the annual town meeting to vote on Articles 27 through 31. And then on Tuesday, March 5th, we'll be voting by Australian ballot at the municipal town offices. So you are correct, and people need to know that. So I'm going to be there. See you Saturday and Tuesday. Good. Well, you won't need to work Tuesday, will you, because it's just a walkthrough. No, I of my ballots already, and I deal with some Australian ballots. There you go. I really miss those days. I'm hoping that uh, on Saturday that the fire department has their lunch because they make the best soup, their corn chowder. But anyway, um, what other things do you want to share with us about? Um, I was going to remind me that there are some changes that have been made over the year. I remember one time at town meeting, we actually changed on the budget the amount of money we give to our highway folks because people wanted um, our roads to be a little bit better, although they take fabulous care of it and they know I love them. Um, but they actually increased the amount of um, uh, money allocated to the highway department. <clears throat> Well, that's what you can do when you have an article in the traditional town meeting. You get to amend it. Right. Uh, and that's that's really where the voters get to run the town. And, or, you know, they make it. They don't run the town. They, I'm fond of the story of the creation of the select men, which was the original idea. <laughs> right. And uh, it was in uh, Plymouth or one of the early... Massachusetts colonies, they, they provided that there would be a town meeting, a full town meeting every Monday morning. Huh. And uh, you can bet that uh, maybe at first there was a few people, but after a while, three to five showed up, and finally they said, why don't we just make you the selectman, and you can make most of the decisions because people aren't showing up. There you go. Yeah, because there's... meeting has historically been a place where people have debated global issues, uh, nuclear proliferation, uh, nuclear freeze. uh, Sometimes there's been a a wave of things that go through. Um, Unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, uh, Vermont is not a state that allows binding referenda statewide matters. And uh, while we've had... A dozen or so referenda over the years. They've always been soft things that could be ignored by the legislature and don't change the law. Yeah. So that's why town meeting is important because we are 
we're, we're all legislators. We're all empowered to the extent that warning allows us to be empowered. And, uh, and I think the opportunities to tell the officials what for is an essential part of democracy. I totally agree with you. And, uh, I do miss the old town meetings because, um, if you're voting Australian ballot on the school budget and on the town budget, it's either yay or nay. I mean, there's no, there's no uh, time for discussion. Although I do understand that the town is going to be actually presenting the budget this year. I, I don't like it when they stand up and go any questions. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Um, I like to, to discuss the budget and, uh, and the school budget. And I'm thinking you're going to have a, um, a few discussions about the school budget this year. Um, and maybe some of the, the, you won't have a chance to talk about the 1% local option tax. Um, you're going to have to do your own research. Um, who else has it around us? Um, do all the towns surrounding us have it, which would kind of balance things out a little bit? Or are we the only one? I'm not, I'm not sure that I know the answer. I'm having Tour Nelson come on, who's our acting town manager, come on next Thursday, along with um, folks from um, Montpelier, Barry, and Northfield, just to talk about um, what's key on their warnings and um, – about their budgets. So um, you're going to be busy this weekend. No, not this weekend. Two weekends away, right? Right. That's the good. The 2nd of March. The 2nd of March and Saturday. That's March 2nd. And then Saturday is uh, – Tuesday is March 5th. Any stories, Paul, that come to mind other than the ones we've sort of discussed about uh, surprises that you've run across over the years? Uh, no, but I can, I can, I can tell you that I've, in preparing that moderator's handbook, for instance, I'd read all the cases of the Vermont canon that involved town meeting, and I was surprised at how many there were and how, vari- uh, how varied town meetings can be. You know, imagine the town meeting with a big snowstorm when everybody has to go by foot or by horse right. and two people show up. And, and uh, is it? They, may I ask you? Is it? There's no set number. It's whoever shows up. The majority. It, there's somebody challenged that year when half a dozen people decided important issues, and the Supreme Court said exactly as you say. Huh? Show up and you get to vote. Out. Interesting. There's one where the moderator lost control. Actually, it happened in our town in 1829. What happened? I, well, the issue was whether the town minister should be paid, and the regular moderator lost control of the crowd, and uh, he walked out. Whoa! And uh, then another person got up and said that they would try to do it, and they and they voted to uh, dismiss the minister and not pay him the money that they owed him over the last twenty years. And uh, they all went out roaring. Whoa, shame on us. Shame on them. Good grief. Of course, the minister had been working for 20 years and not getting paid. I might have said something a little sooner, like on year two. But um, we had a town well, minister? Yes, well, uh, when the state first was created, there was a requirement that each town have a town 
church and a town minister. And they huh. would, and when you were you were ordained, you were ordained as the minister of the town, and you and you had to and everyone had to pay uh, taxes to support the minister's salary and the support of the church. Whoa, that in wouldn't... Berlin we united the church and the town meeting, a town uh, hall, which was at the top of the hill here. And, yeah. uh, and uh, then in, two, what is it, 1818, the legislature said uh, it was unconstitutional to require people to pay for right. religion. But our man stayed on another 11 years um, thinking that the contract was still good and the town oh. was pretty hard on him. They they actually tried to take away the land they'd given him when he first decided to settle, but in the end, that was beyond their power. And a de- de- denomination to be determined. It was just kind of a just a house of God with not any specific denomination. Well, it was out of the town's hands, so the the minister was actually let go by the town and by the congregational church, and he had to seek life somewhere else good grief well that would go over really well i bet there'd be a few challenges we tried to do that this uh, these days don't you think just a few anyway uh paul gillis um i want to thank you so much for hanging in there with us um and i have voted for you for 24 years and well deserved and thank you for everything you do for the town of berlin and for loving it and its residents, uh, at least some of them anyway. But um, it's a great town, and I'm looking forward to um, to seeing how the, all this turns out. We've got some hot issues, um, both on the uh, Australian ballot and on town meetings. So good luck with that. We're going to end the show, Paul, and um, I want people to stay tuned. Um, we have kind of breaking news. Uh, Larry Crisp and uh, Bill Young will be on. Um, to talk about uh, a report that they did um, called Broken Systems and Broken Promises and the bills that are now in the legislature to promote um, their recommendations for how to fix uh, some problems um, at DCF. So stay tuned. Paul Gillis, thank you very much. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. See you on Saturday. 